Welcome into the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is episode 35, the Christian Dudzik edition. It's August 11th, 2022. We're recording this Monday, August 8th. And to start the show, as football season is kicked off, NFL teams are in training camp, getting ready for their first preseason game. Most college, all college season is underway. We're going to bring on, he is the NDSU beat writer. He's the host of the Jeff Kolpak Golf Show on 7.40 a.m. He's written the author of three books. I've read two of them. Highly recommend them. If you haven't, it's Horns Up, COVID Kids, and North Dakota Tough. And Jeff, welcome on to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Good, good. So, right. like we said, we're going to start talking NDSU football. They're, they're a, they started, I believe, last Thursday. They've full, did, were yeah. they full pads today? Uh, no, I believe they may be full pads tomorrow or Wednesday. So I've not seen them in the full yet. And they're, I, I guarantee you they're itching to get into full pads. It's just the way football players are. Yeah. Yep. I coach at Trinity and Dickinson and we're junior, our junior high, we're starting full pads tomorrow. So I'm getting excited there. And then, so first question we have is what was, we'll start off with a little bit of a, uh, little bit of NDSU history you've helped, you've been covering them for a long time your dad covered them them the bison before you what was what's your most memorable whether you were a student at NDSU a kid watching the game covering it you what's your most memorable bison game wow I I, I guess I would say if pressed and I could go with several angles on this but I'm gonna go back to 2006 I want to say when the Bison played at Central Michigan, Central Michigan was defending MAC champs. Uh, you know, had uh, three future NFL guys on that team, and uh, including a, uh, um, uh, you know, just just a great offensive line, and, and and all this coming back. So NDSU goes in there and, and just stops them like 42-14 or 44-14. I think that was the final score. And why was that memorable? Because it was. I mean probably from start to finish, probably still to this day, the best game I've ever seen NDSU play. Oh, wow. If pressed, if okay. pressed. Well, and that was a team that had JJ Watt and Antonio Brown on it. So some right. pretty good names. So, yeah. And, so JJ Watt was a tight end. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Was he a walk on tight end? Yeah. You, I mean, nobody knew who he was. In fact, yeah. it was a few years later when somebody told me that JJ Watt was on that team and I went, who? What? You kidding me? Central Michigan? I don't even looked know at, that. Looked at the roster and sure as I mean, can I swear on this? Sure yeah. enough. Yeah, sure yeah. shit. There he is. And, and <laughs> uh, couldn't believe it. Yeah, so there's there's definitely the NDSU, they return a good portion of players. It's coming off a national championship season. There are some question marks still. There's a couple as far as linebacker. What where are they looking at as far as linebackers? They lost Jabril Cox to the transport portal and a couple other guys who who are they looking at to step up and fill those roles well i think uh well you got you got james kazer back and he'll start at one outside spot i think i think nick kubitz or or luke wirtz those are the two guys in the middle and i, I if i were to bet i think kubitz has has the upper hand but they'll, they'll use those first two games to test those two guys out and see who they think is gonna be a better guy 
the other side to, re- to replace Cox, I'm, I would think that, uh, well, you got, you know, Julian Ladarsic, who is a safety. He's in his fourth year of this program, is, is probably getting a lot of uh, the looks now. But, um, you know, you got to remember there's, uh, they, they got players, man. I mean, uh, there's four or five guys in the mix that um, I think uh, uh, will get a shot before they go down to Arizona. Okay. And then as far as like uh, losing Christian Watson, who, who are they looking at? Cause from what I look at Phoenix Sproles didn't have a great year. He was, he's probably the leader in of that group. Who are, who else after that are they looking at to step up? Man, if I knew that question and I'd put a bet down right now and make some money on some people, because there's literally guys, seven, eight receivers in the mix for that spot. I, a lot of people are saying DJ Hart. You have Braylon Henderson back. You have uh, Rajon Nelson. Um, you know, we haven't seen a healthy Phoenix in, in, in two to three years. So that is the hope that he has a has a good year and stays relatively healthy. Um, God, who else is there? Zach Mathis is back. Uh, they're, they're hoping that maybe uh, Eric or Carson Hagerly, Eric's his dad, um, may develop and, and contribute right away. That is the one question. It, it, it's like, okay, who, who's going to be the deep guy? Who's going to be their deep guy? I don't know. I, maybe D, maybe they won't need a deep guy. Maybe it's just going to be a whole mecca of, of underneath routes and middle routes. Got to remember Noah Gindar's coming back. He's a tight end that can stretch yep. the field a little bit. So, um, And Hunter Lipke as a fullback can stretch the field a little bit. So maybe they go that route. Uh, do you need a Christian Watson? Yeah, it's great if you had one, but I, I, until I see one, I, you know, I won't. Be, I, I got to believe it until I see it. Where does Bryce Lance fit into that equation? Yeah, he's he's down a little bit. I mean, he's he's still a redshirt freshman, still learning his way. I think. Um, you know, is he going to start the? No, he's not going to be the, the starter right away. But uh, you, you just don't come in, and there's a lot to the college game that these kids have to adapt to. And, so, you know, Bryce, he's going to have to stick it out a little bit. I don't know if he's going to see the field a whole lot this year. You know, that it'd be nice for him, but there's a lot of competition there. And so I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that you're going to see Bryce a whole lot this year. I just don't. Okay. You guys can go ahead, Grant and Ethan. Well, yeah, I don't want to say there's been like a drop-off because MSU obviously has won two of the last three titles. So, like, they're still out there kicking butt and everything. Why do you think there's been such a huge drop off at, at quarterback? It seems like since Lance, it's been a couple of different guys that have been trying to do what, what's going on with like the development there, just kind of just lack of talent or they got some transfers that didn't work out. Talking quarter or corner? Quor- quarter, sorry, quarterback. Qu- quarterback. Uh, well, I think Cam Miller's fantastic. I think, I think during mm-hmm. his, during the uh, playoff run, he was really good. And here's a guy who started 10 games. I get that. You know, he's not really that experienced, but I but think the way he, either when he went, no, in, so no. Yeah. Well, I don't think you'd expect this program to recruit a top two or three draft pick every year. You just can't do right, that. Exactly. So I, 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 you know, Cole Payton has got some really good potential, but I think we've been spoiled that. Okay. Carson Wentz, number two, overall Easton stick. Uh, what was he? Fifth round. Trey Lance, number three overall. That's just that's just crazy good luck and good fortune. 
because yeah. you're not going to – this is a mid-major, guys. I mean, this is not Alabama. It's not right. Ohio State. So, I just I, – I think they just uh, – they, they hit the recruiting jackpot, those guys. And um, I don't – to expect that kind of play on the next guys is unrealistic. That being said, I, I do think uh, – I, I think Cam Miller's fantastic quarterback. I really do. Okay. Especially for this level. I mean, he, he's got the – I'll say this. Um, talking to one of the Bison coaches, he's got a quicker release, quicker release than Lance or Wentz or Stick. He's quicker. Really? Interesting. Okay. True story. Yep. True story. Well, and we'll stay with the quarterbacks here because I feel like this situation that NDSU has with a top recruit like Cole Payton who's sitting behind and similar to what Michigan has, my favorite FBS team, where they've got Cade McNamara who's did some did a lot of things that no Michigan quarterbacks done in the past since John Navari beat Ohio state, win the big 10 championship. And then waiting in the wings for Michigan is JJ McCarthy. Who's this top five-star recruit who's played shown his potential. And it's been different, a little bit of different situations because Cole Payton went, went on and went, or Cam Miller went and won a national title. Do you, how much of a, do you see Cole Payton in the mix as far as getting on the field this year? Well, first of all, if I need some advice on major college football, I'm going right to you. So <laughs> now, now we're connected. That, that's impressive what you just said. I just that's that's some good college football stuff. Uh, he, he'll get his shot. Yeah, he'll get he'll get you know Quincy Patterson in the mix. Uh, he'll get his package. I think whether it be a a run pass part of that. I think. The fact that NDSU went to a two-quarterback system in the national title game told them that it can work. They've never done that before. I mean, and it's not part of the program. They've always, you know, been had the guy. But the fact a two-quarterback system was so effective the way it was, I don't see them getting away from it. And, in fact, maybe enhancing off of it with Cole. Cole, he's a big dude, man. You should yep. see him at practice. He's 6'3", 230. And he, he looks like. I know, I know Quincy was 245, but, but uh, Cole Payton's not small, and he's, and he's fast. I mean, I don't know if he's fast as, as Quincy is, but he's pretty close. So I, I certainly see him getting on the field in some sort of way, you know, with, with some sort of different packages than what Cam Miller has. They, they, they proved they could do it last year, so why not stay with it? Yeah. Grant, you, you've been quiet. We'll, we'll let you ask some questions here. Yeah, come on. Pipe up. Um, so, uh, you know, Dylan mentioned Christian um, Watkins going to the Packers, and with the line of quarterbacks being drafted in the first round, is there a player on this roster, maybe not this upcoming NFL draft, but maybe a year or two from now, where we could say, man, NDSU, they did it again, another first rounder out of the FCS level? Wow, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, maybe one of these offensive linemen who's younger, I, I think we got to wait. I mean, but an offensive lineman isn't a first rounder. Uh, no, I, I guess the answer is no. I don't see that. I see Hunter Lipke being pretty damn good at that next level. He means he's, he's he's special, boy. He, though, at 236 pounds and the way he can move as a fullback, I think there's a spot for him. Remember, like Tom Rathman, those kind of guys. Ooh, um, well, how how long ago was this? Oh uh, God, Wait, 20 years ago, Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, or was, was he 49ers? I can't remember. Um, Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Allstott. We know that name. 
Yeah, so I, I could see him being Rathman was 49ers, so I could see him being a, a, a one of those kind of guys. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Nash Jensen has a shot as an offensive lineman. I think um, Noah Gindorf has a shot as a tight end, just by his pure size and athleticism. Uh, but those guys aren't, you know, real high draft picks. But did you ever think that Cordell Volson would be a fourth rounder? No. That he's getting it, he's getting reps with the first team, by the way, right now in Cincinnati. I I can believe that because the progression that he took from Belfour, North Dakota, to he was All American, just worked his way up. It's 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 the most NDSU story ever. Just and, and I'll give you another NDSU story, Cody Mauk. So yep. And I'm sorry I forgot about Cody, but I don't know how I forgot it because I was down at his farm last Monday doing a story that I'm going to probably crank out game week. But, you know, Cody's another in a long line of of farm tough kids. Um, He's one of eight kids, ages 26 to eight. uh, And they all work the farm, man. I mean, it's the old story that, uh, and he, he, here's, here's what Cody did during the summer. Him and Gray Zabel, they get up at 5.30 in the morning and they go lift. And they do their lifting and all their workouts and then uh, go get breakfast and, and get showered up. Then around 8 o'clock, they'd get in the car and go down and drive an hour to the Mauk Farm out down by Hankinson, North Dakota, actually Morton. They'd work the farm until 3, get in the car and go back just in time to start running in the afternoon and around 4 or 5 at Dakota Field. Rinse and repeat every day. Holy cow. <laughs> does that does that make you tired just talking about it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and most of those most of those guys, those North Dakota kids that grew up in those small towns, because I know my dad talked about it, how most of those kids play sports so they don't have to do chores. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 you know, that's good. That was actually I've been to the Volson ranch too. I, I went up there and did a story. Um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. And actually Tanner Volson told me that, you know, there's a few good athletes. He, he said one or two that could have played college football that didn't cause they wanted to work the farm or wow. they had to work the farm. Probably not want to. They had to family, you know, they needed the help. Yeah. Did you get to, I saw that the FCS radio released their top 25 today. And I think all the FCS polls came out today. Correct. Uh, yeah, most I think are up by now. Okay, I, uh, I I looked at that and I got a little bit sad just by looking at the teams where a Missouri State who is improved under Bobby Petrino, but I'm feel I can say comp- pretty confidently that when Missouri NDSU and Missouri State play, they will be probably a two two possession favorite. Where do you see the FCS in five years? Okay, here's your first nugget: is NDSU doesn't play Missouri State this year because of the schedule. Oh, okay. well, or, oh, cool. yeah, you're yeah. right. That's and right. They don't but... play Northern. They don't play Northern Iowa either. I mean, that's oh, that's, 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 just ridiculous. Like that's trash. Yeah. It is trash. Um, Those were the. Where do I see? Oh, where do I see the FCS in five years? I well, I I I, I see the Power Three breaking away, so it'll be SEC, Big Ten, and either the. Pac-12 or the Big 12, whoever wins that war. And then I see the next group of five, which NDSU will be in uh, of some sort. And then I see the 
remaining teams in the FCS, as we know, it would be about the same as what it is today. So do you see? Years. So do you see teams like SDSU, Montana, Montana State making that jump to the Group of Five, or do you see them staying, staying down? A hundred percent, they're going up for sure. Okay. Um, and I would, after that, I don't know. Um, it's all about your commitment level. Is you know, South Dakota be part of that? Would UND have enough? interest in football to make that jump i don't know it's, it's going to be a significant financial jump uh we'll, we'll see i mean it's all your guess is as good as mine obviously and everybody else's do you do you see them if they jump up to the group of five do you seeing it being easier easier to schedule those power well power three games or is that still going to be a tough ask to get those oh, games much easier because you're in, more on the same level Okay. You know, same scholarship level. You'd be on 85 scholarship level as, you know, as opposed to the 63 right now. And, you know, where NDSU really has to start making strides. And I think sooner than later is the NIL stuff. You know, if you want to stay ahead of the game, they got to start doing the name image likeness. Got to find some companies and, and a way to, to entice these athletes to um, face it. It's a recruiting deal. I mean, they have the cost of attendance. And most FCS teams do not, and that's their that's their edge. You know, you could say, okay, you got a full ride at South Dakota State, you got a full ride at North Dakota State, but NDSU is giving you three thousand eight hundred dollars a year in cost of attendance. So where are you going to go? As as the parent of kids who have been in college, I would say you're going where the money is. I mean. <laughs> well, well, there is no discussion. And Fargo's a growing town, so I'm curious. I'm sure they they'll be try to keep it under wraps as far as if. Have you heard if there's been discussions going on with different companies within the Fargo area of getting uh, NIL off no, the ground? I, yeah, I have not, but that's and it's not something you want to keep under wraps either. You want that out. You, okay. you want it out that that you know that OK Tire is paying this guy, you know, three thousand dollars a year, or Microsoft or or RDO or whatever companies that are here, you, you want that out there that you're coming to a pretty vibrant community there where a lot of people will step up and, and pay. Absolutely. You want that word out. You guys got any you, other? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, was, who would you say is NSU's biggest like threat this year to the title? South Dakota State, is it Montana State bringing a lot back? I, I guess you probably don't know everything, but about like the other teams, but you might have a better idea. I think you can boil the FCS down to two teams, maybe three. South Dakota State for sure, NDSU. I think Montana's going to be pretty good. Maybe Montana State. They lost a lot of guys. We'll see. You know, their quarterback's coming back, but they lost some some pieces. They lost that linebacker. That yeah. was flying around. Was he field. a second or third round pick, right? Yeah, he's overrated. I thought he's overrated. <laughs> Bison, Bison ran right at him. Yeah. They ran right at him and took him out of the equation. So I, I don't know how good he is at that next level i mean he's really good laterally you're talking about trey honest yeah really good mm -hmm. lateral guy but they ran right at him and why did hunter yeah. score three touchdowns they ran yeah. right at him so yeah. those those three I, I i don't know anybody i i can't imagine anybody else being good enough over the long haul you know to maybe missouri state if they stay healthy might have an outside shot but the CAA is a joke now, losing James Madison. It's just Delaware hasn't really gotten better. 
Um, you know, Albany and, and all those schools are okay. Albany had a bad year last year. So, um, Ohio Valley, nothing, you know, big sky's got a couple teams. Um, other than that, no, it's, yeah. it's kind of, I figured it'd be NDCU, SDSU pretty much. And then basically everyone yeah, else. That's it. I, I really, I mean, that's the way I see it right now. Do you have any sleeper teams in the Missouri Valley? Sleeper, oh, uh, look out for Missouri State. Like I said, Bobby Petrino has been – he can get players. Um, Northern Iowa has always kind of just never really – they've been all right. I don't see them being a sleeper team at all. Um, Southern Illinois has been good, but I don't know if they haven't – I don't know if they have enough firepower to get to that next level. Uh, who am I missing? Um, Youngstown, are they still in the yeah. valley? No, yeah, they're rebuilding. They're, I mean, okay. I, I like the way they're going. They're getting rid of the 20 transfers and going the high school route. So okay. they may be good down the line, but Doug Phillips is their coach. Okay, I was going to ask. So Bose, he's not, he's not, there. He's, not, he's, not he's not there anymore. No. When did he get fired or resign or quit? Well, uh, yeah, then he, he went to LSU and made another $1.8 million for a year or two and got fired from there. So that's right. Yeah, he paid <laughs> good gigs. He got paid 1.8 million to give up 40 points a game. Where do you where do you see UND in the uh, in the equation as far as this year? Yeah, um, I see him sixth or seventh. I think. I, I think I just don't. They just don't have that those great players. I don't see any great players on that team. I see some good players, but I don't see that top level guy that will just get you over the top. Okay. And with this, well, last question, we'll get you out of here. What we asked you what your most memorable NDSU get, what was your most memorable NDSU UND moment? Oh boy. And uh, it can yes, be no. from, from when you were kid to now. So there's no yeah. limitations. Well, if press, man, this, you know what? You guys are going to laugh. This is going to take you back to the eighties. Okay. My most memorable moment was okay Jeff Bentram was challenging Walter Payton for the most touchdowns in the season or, or career no career like whatever it doesn't matter but uh he was one away from breaking it it was the last game of the regular season Len Kretschmann caught a long pass and was ready to go in for a touchdown and he fell down at the one <laughs> 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 So Jeff Bentram took the next play and scored and broke Walter Payton's record. Was that at Dakota Field or was that at Memorial no, Stadium? Memorial Stadium. Yeah, okay. Memorial Stadium. Memorial Stadium. Last cool. game of the regular season. Yeah, he, he, he somehow fell down at the one. And, uh, <laughs> what, a, what a shame. Yeah. It was it was the line. It was those li turf monster. I know. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah, well, Could have been the ice. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I think that's most memorable. I was down in South Dakota when – you ever seen the the video of the pitch? Yeah, he was he's the that guy that yep. scored the touchdowns from Dickinson Mulstreet. Yep. Yeah, yep. I was down there. I, I was on the sideline and I had to cover the game. I was a student at the time, and I thought Bentham was down. All of a sudden, I see all this ruckus. Then I see Mulstreet running down the sideline. And I'm going, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I, I didn't I didn't know what happened. Then I saw the replay. And I went, "Wow." That was, that was, I missed the play, right? 
Uh, I, I, George Costanza. I, I met one of the greatest plays in NFC history. And I didn't see it, and I was there. <laughs> uh, and Grant's got one more question. So after that, we'll get you out of here, Jeff. So, Jeff, when you're on the road uh, in the Missouri Valley, what's the one city you look forward to going to the least? The least? the least favorite city in the Missouri Valley. And why do I think it's Western Illinois? You know, I don't mind. Yeah, Western Illinois, it is what it is. It's a small town. I, I think Terre Haute's the armpit of the world. I mean. <laughs> yeah, where, where, where's that? By Purdue. Indiana oh, State. Yeah. yeah, Indiana State. <laughs> you know, poor Indiana State. They just, they, you know, they, they just, the town's just kind of a dive. And it's it's not small either. I don't know. It, you know, the stadium's not, it's away from campus. It, it's got stands on one side. The other side's a hill. So it looks like a bunch of soccer moms in lawn chairs sitting there watching. Um, yeah, Terre Haute. I mean, yeah, Macomb is, is you know, again, it's, it's a small town. And, and they make do with what they have. But uh, the, my, you know, my favorite spot is, is Springfield, uh, Missouri. Um, go to the Flame. It's like a, okay. it's an old restaurant from the, from the 70s. And you feel like the mob was just there. Red carpet <laughs> on the wall. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, red carpet on the wall. Okay. Make a trip down Missouri State. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, and then we'll let. Uh, where can everybody uh, find your find your stuff at Jeff? Well, Inform.com. That's i n f o r u m dot com is, is our is our web address. Uh, uh, you know we're doing well, guys. The, the digital media and the newspapers we're not going away. We are we have a successful business model, so um, we're really happy about that. And um, yeah, that's where you can find our stuff. Okay, and then your books you can get on Amazon, correct? Amazon, correct. Just okay. Google my name. Google my name and you can find it. Okay. All right. That is Jeff Colpack from the forum. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us, Jeff. We'll have to get you on maybe mid-season sometime. Try to get a mid-season uh, state of the bison, state of the Missouri Valley, state of the FCS. All right. Cheers, guys. Good to see you. Okay. Yeah, good to see you, Jeff. Thanks. I'm going, Jeff. Well, okay. Dylan, you got some breaking news? We are Thank breaking you, news. Jeff. We have breaking news. Breaking all right. news. We got breaking news from Grant Eaton, live big, from the Twin big, Cities. Big, breaking media news. Big 10 games are no longer going to be on ESPN. They are finalizing a deal with Fox Sports, CBS, and NBC. What? That's that's breaking news. That just happened. That is, he just got notification. Is the, and that kicks in this year? Um... It does not. Let me open it up. I'll open up that article and find out, Big It should say. Wow. So no Big Ten games on ESPN. We can say goodbye to Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. Can I say one thing? Greasy. Yes. Go ahead, Grant. Kevin Warren. Is he a terrible commissioner? Yes. But let's not forget. He was hired for this reason. He was the COO of the Minnesota Vikings. He knows how to make money. Yes. Boy, did he see making this conference money, and these commissioners and athletic directors and presidents are loving this move right now. It does not say a year, but I'm pretty sure their deal ends after 2024, the current Okay. One, if I remember right. Oh, wow. So we got breaking news on the podcast. The Big Ten is no longer going to have games on ESPN. It's going to be on CBS, Fox, and where else? NBC. 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 So you know what that means. That means Notre, Notre Dame's Dame. joining the conference. Oh, Notre Dame's coming. Let's go. That's okay. what it means. 
That's wow. what the name was waiting for. They wanted that commitment from the Big 12 or the Big 10. So they can stay on NBC yes. and, and keep their – oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is, as Rafi would say, it's going to get gross. It's going to get gross. It's getting greasy. <laughs> so uh, the fact that Michigan's going to lose to Notre Dame every year now. Let's yeah, go. I know. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Notre Dame whips them here in a couple years. <laughs> Notre Dame, Ohio State, Big Ten title game. Let's go, boys. Uh, no. I'm pumped. I'm not that? mentally I'm not mentally ready for that. And the last you time Michigan me. played those two schools, they whooped that ass. So we're gonna well, move oh, we're gonna have a what, what was your guys' take takeaway from uh, our chat with Jeff? Um, so they're essentially trying everyone out in the receiving room to yep. see if they can take Christian Watson's spot. Because <laughs> if you got seven or eight dudes who might be vying for playing time, that's essentially the whole receiving room. So it's a lot of walk-ons. Right there, a lot too. of walk-ons or, you know, young scholarship players. So the wide receiver um, position this year for, for NDSU, can they create explosive plays or are they just going to have to dink and dunk their way down the field? Um, that'll be something to see this year. I mean, my biggest takeaway was there's actually question marks about an NDSU team. I mean, most of the time you walk in, you, you know they're going to be strong in this area. You know they're going to be strong in that area, but it seems like there are more question marks than usual on this team. We got whether it's the wide receivers, the, even mentioned some of the O-line and the linebackers. Like, But it is an FCS program, like you mentioned, you don't have the 85 scholarships every, every well, year. We're not used to this with NDSU. We're used to them having at least the best linebacking room in the FCS and the most dominant offensive line. Yeah. There's never these question marks with that. So now we'll see if this coaching staff actually can coach and they just don't have the best talent in the room. Well, and I, I, I think they've proven I mean, you don't win nine of 11 national championships without being able to coach. So there yeah. you give them the benefit of the doubt there. There's also kicker. They, they lost. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that. But NDSU has always seemed to be blessed with some solid, reliable kickers. And the receiver thing, it, there's question marks about it, but the identity of NDSU is going to be is, is power. And by the time – and at the start of the year, they're going to the, – their games are going to be 70 to nothing games. So I think it's a good way to try to bring them along and progress them. And then when you get into your South Dakota states, your – UND games, which as he's Cole Pack had him is sixth or seventh, but that game always has high stakes at it. It's going to be, it'll be a bat battle. So we'll see. And we'll shift over last Tuesday. And it was after we recorded, so we didn't get a chance to react to it. Legendary Dodgers broadcaster and called the, it called the NFL golf MLB. Vin Scully passed away. Do you guys have any, Vince Scully memories at all? Iconic, I guess. I don't have like a specific memory about him. I guess the the Kirk Gibson Kirk homer. Gibson. I think that's probably the one that I remember. I should I remember the most, but like I've heard the most. But just I mean, it was just fun listening to him. He just had a different voice than anyone else, and I mean, he's probably the best baseball announcer of all time. He could you could throw him up there as one of the greatest broadcast. He was yeah. what made him so good was his ability to tell stories. And and make it relatable to the game. And there there's just so many stories of him talking about. I, there was Dick Bramer was on. I was listening to him tell about when the Twins played the Dodgers. That when they were, were riding down the elevator to get 
together and he got a bat from somebody i can't can't remember the guy's name but he was so excited about it and it's vin scully who's been calling he called dodger games for 67 years probably as an autographed jackie robinson bat and he was just excited as getting a no-name player as he would have been getting a Jackie Robinson player. And I've been to a game at Dodger stadium. I went in 2015. So it would have been his second to last year calling, calling Dodger games. And in between innings, they would cut in the stadium. They would cut to his broadcast and you could, you could have heard a pin drop in the ballpark. Cause everybody was just so honed in listening to Vin talk. It was one of the really cool. just a surreal thing, and I ate it up because it was just you just don't see that you don't hear about the legendary broadcast. It was just cool to see, and that was I was I never I didn't know that they did that, but I was hoping they would do something like that because you do see it in some stadiums, like when the Vikings play at U.S. Bank Stadium, they'll cut to Paul oh, Allen. That's the touchdowns, and but it would be for a full inning, and the entire stadium was just quiet. It was incredible it's something that I, now that he's passed away some it's a memory i'll cherish forever well and, and that's kind of cool because you know vince scully he's such an icon for um you know doing it for 60 years but also for like let's say our grandparents because games weren't on tv you needed to listen to the radio um if you were you know on a summer night hanging out in the garage having some friends over for a barbecue barbecue and drinks you had the radio on in the garage listening to the game with that so that like i said you know this older generation before games were on tv and youtube and everything else like that you had the radio Many oh, have a, show a traditional <laughs> like you let's boys. go Brian's the mic place on the podcast here we go sirens in st louis park minnesota Normal Monday night. Let's get it. Six other people shot today. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he just um that's how fans listen to the game because they weren't able to they weren't able to watch it. So they got behind one man's voice, and he was not only the voice of the Dodgers, but also, you know, the voice of baseball. And like Ethan said earlier, the Kirk Gibson moment. I don't believe what I just saw, probably the most iconic line in baseball. Maybe Any behind, time, honestly. Maybe behind. The one behind it was, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Yep. Well, um, and, and he also, the, the I don't believe what I just saw, he also had in that, after that hit, in the, the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. That was, like, yeah, he also great. said that, too. He called the catch well, with Dwight Clark and Joe Montana. He, he was on the call when Hank Aaron broke the home run record. And the, and the yeah. list goes on and on. It's stuff he saw. But yeah, some of the biggest moments in baseball history. Ben was the voice behind it. He also called the Masters. So he was calling Jack winning his first mate, uh, his first green jacket. It's it it's incredible. I wit and this is one that I wish somebody would have been able to do before he passed is just do a podcast with Vin Scully, and he just they pick a name or a topic of something. And he just goes and talks. I think that would have been incredible. Yeah, just could you imagine him and Harry Carey in the same room together? Just <laughs> <laughs> the, the baseball dialogue, the back and forth, the the comedy, the stories. That would be just 
just fantastic. The documentary of his life that's going to be out in a couple of years, more than likely, I'm guessing I have no freaking clue, but I'm assuming there probably will be of some sort. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, just like the online one released this year. Yeah. How yeah. great was that? And and it was cool. And unfortunately, they won't get to happen when while Vin was alive, like they did with John Madden. But even now that Vin has passed, it will be it, it'll still be just as just as incredible. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's like when Herb Brooks, you know, when he when he passed away in two thousand three, they said, you know, Herb Brooks, he was not able to see this finished movie, but that's okay because he lived through this. Yep. Exactly. You know. And we'll stay in the baseball lane. The twins, Grant and I, we were discussing this on last week's episode, that they weren't making moves. It didn't seem like they were going to make any moves. And then a splinker out of nowhere, they made three. They got a closer, Jorge Lopez from the Orioles. They got a reliever, Michael Fulmer, who just had to walk across the ballpark to get to his new clubhouse. And then they picked up a starter from the Reds, Tyler Molly. So... The Twins made some moves. I'm encouraged. It's going to – I believe Lopez has already gotten a save. Am I two. correct? Two. He's got two. two. Okay. And they've got a big series. By Well, by the time this is released, it'll be concluded against a two-game series against the Dodgers, and then they go play the Angels. They are still leading the division. But I like these moves, and let's hope this can help them. And it, it seems like they didn't have to give up a whole lot. So let's see if this can help propel them win, get get that division title and finally win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean they gave up. I, I really like Spencer Steele, the shortstop that went to the Reds for Molly. He's a beast, but at the same time he's blocked. Like he is coming up this year. We got Correa. Mm-hmm. Ro- Royce is next year. I mean Carlos yep. coming back by slim. He isn't having the best year, so maybe maybe he hops in. He hasn't had the best year. I doubt it. But you never know. But even then, Royce is probably penciled in as that starter, just barring come, setback. Just got to come back healthy. Um, yeah. But then the, the lefty that went to the Orioles for Lopez, Pavin, I don't even know how to say his name, P-something, he was a pretty third-round pick out of Nebraska. He was pretty pretty crafty lefty that was killing it in the minors. So he, he was a little bit harder to give away, especially dealing with how well he was pitching. But at the end of the day, I mean, you want you want good players back, you got to give good players to you. Well, and it's it's just exciting to see this organization saying, you know what, we have the talent on this roster right now. What has caused us in June and July to lose this big lead in the division? Our pitching staff, so they're they're going after. You know, they know they know it's their time. They have a good, we got a good roster. Um, we can score with anyone. So let's let's make a move. Um, let's do what the Rams did to try to acquire a bunch of talent and try to go out and compete in the playoffs and. Who knows? Maybe something goes your way. You get hot in the series. Um, you win a game. You get the mojo going. And let's see where it takes us. I mean, it's October in baseball. We don't know what's going to happen. And on top of that, the two outside of Fulmer, who's a free agent after year, they have Molly and Lopez for two plus years at cheap, for, pretty for pitching in the MLB, pretty cheap rates right now. So I mean, that adds a different element too, where you're not. So you're so much building it for the current, but you're also looking to the future. You have two. You have. Honestly, he might be a better starter than Gray after all said and done. I mean, he gets out of that T-ball park of Cincinnati where if you hit a fly ball, it seems like it's going to get out of there somehow. And then you have Lopez. You have two pretty much anchor at the beginning and the, and the end right there. Yeah. And it'll – I 
did you guys get to see the uh, game yesterday? Where... Let's not talk about that. Oh, that it, you know it's bad because I, I believe this is Rocco. This has to be Rocco's one of his oh, first he's never of his career. Like, that was like Ron Gardner peak Ohio yeah. with White Sox game, putting your hat in here. Like, that was <laughs> that was insane. I do miss a good guardian um, um, temper tantrum and ejection, though. Yeah. Those, those are always good entertainment. Like, for a second, I legitimately thought he was going to punch Stump in the, in the face, and honestly, I would have supported it. Yeah. That was, that was terrible. I've never, I've never seen that. That was, it was, it was impressive, and it, it, it was an awful call. It was so bad. Like he threw the ball so perfect. He, the runner was technically like safe. That's just, just mind-boggling. You make such a good throw. The catcher doesn't have to move, and he's safe. You were too good at your job, so the other team gets rewarded. If Basically. that's not the most thing that's going on in our society right now, I don't know what else is. But let's be real. Rob Manfred's a fuck, and he's the one running and doing this joint. So, I mean, at the same time, we shouldn't be surprised that they suck at reviewing basically and, everything else. And, and the thing, and the thing is, Angel, Angel Hernandez wasn't even umping the game. Yeah. It's, that's even a bigger story. Well, I mean, technically, this wasn't on the umps. They didn't it wasn't, no. But the, the replay officials, I mean – they oh, must have their heads up their ass or something. So, or like, so the people in New there was the people in New yes. York who messed yeah. up. Yes, they it was the, it was the people in New York who had to make sure people knew that they still existed. I think I think that's yeah. what the uh, situation was there. If that, if that was a Yankees player, he's hundred percent safe or he's out. 100%. Oh yeah, oh. not even close. But, so, yeah, that's that was disappointing. Did you guys uh, see that Kareem Hunt wanted to? Uh, is requesting a trade. Yeah, Rappaport basically shut that shit down. It's like, he ain't going nowhere. Well, because he wants an extension, right? Something like that. <clears throat> he does. I don't, I, I, it would be hard. Well, Grant and I, we, we, you and I talked about it last week. I wouldn't give a running back a second contract. And if you're Kareem Hunt, you really don't have any ground to stand on after what no, happened to you and the Chiefs. And no. the, the Browns took a huge flyer on you. And, and, and just because... You haven't been productive. You, you, you should be thankful that you can still play in the NFL. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a basketball reference yeah. here. Just shut up and dribble. You know, just stay in your lane. Shut up and, and focus on football. Like, fuck well, off. Yeah, and, and for, on the football aspect of it, it was the previous regime who brought him in. Let's not forget yep. John Dorsey, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, when he drafted Kareem. John Dorsey was fired th- four months after he drafted Kareem. Turns out that was the greatest thing that ever happened to the Chiefs organization. Then he gets the job in Cleveland, and he takes a flyer out on Kareem because Dorsey doesn't care about um, who you are as a person. He just sees talent. And But, yeah, Dylan, you're absolutely right. Kareem shouldn't be worried about if he's getting paid or not. He should be worried about staying in the league and trying to take some carries away from Nick Chubb, who has said this year he's pissed off about finishing second and the rushing title again, so he's gunning for that. So Kareem Hunt, he just better worry about getting on the field and not getting paid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't give the guy give a guy an extension who had played eight games. This is this is stats: seventy-eight rushes, three hundred eighty-six yards. So five yards—that's pretty good. Five touchdowns and five touchdowns. That's and and after, for a second 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 string running back. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. And he caught, he had 22 catches for 174 yards and along a 23. But 
Yeah, it's you at in his he just needs to be thankful that he still has a job and is playing in the NFL and not delivering pizzas. Yeah, it could be a Ray Rice. Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, when you lie to your boss about an incident with a woman at an Akron hotel, um, and then get caught on there to get a job again is just only in professional sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be but, quiet and count your blessings while you can make a lot of money yeah. and play and play a kids game. Yeah. Have you guys? You guys got any plans to go out and go out, go and check out the Vikings training camp? Thursday. Thursday, actually. Oh, are you okay? Is that is that when they're scrimmaging the Niners? No, that's the following Thursday. That's the 18th. We okay. wanted to go to that, but um, of course Grant's gone. Grant's being selfish and he's going to Florida that week. Oh, that's right. Grant's going to be a Florida man. Um, hopefully, I don't get arrested or come back with a chain or you know or a body bag, something weird like that. Well, or Gator. There's plenty of options here. There are plenty of options. Plenty of Gators down in that state. Yeah, well, you just wrestle them. You got bigger arms than them. You just—it's all about leverage, Grant. You talk to your buddy Connor. He—he's a wrestler. He knows all about leverage. Poke poke him in the eye. Punch him between the eyes. And just remember, this is for chumps. Yep. Uh, Hey, there you go. For chumps. Fair point. We're okay. (laughs) But uh, uh, we're—I'm waiting to hear from Logan what their schedule actually looks like to see when we should get there and what they all have going on. But uh, okay. Yeah, it should be a fun day. The nice, nice weather. Nice have you fire. guys have you guys gone to a game or gone to or training camp at the the new facility? I know Grant Grant it, it was used to be in Grant's backyard who always went. Yeah. But have you guys I'm gone so since it's, they've moved he to Egan? He might shed a tear when he walks in there just from memories. I'm not gonna lie, I guys, I still am a little upset at the Vikings. I get why they wanted to build a brand new facility, um, so the players can go home and they can see their families. And you can have one of the best training facilities in the NFL, like TCO is. But I still am a little upset at them that they left Mankato because it was so cool to see those guys living in the dorms for three and a half weeks. It's all football. You, um, since I, you know, I lived in town, I parked five minutes away by Jake Stadium Pizza. I'd walk to, you know, the MSU's facility, watch practice for free. Then you know what? Hey, I'm going to go to Chipotle afterwards, get some lunch. And what do I see? I see Brian McKinney, dead ass guys, ordering a double wrapped chicken burrito and two bowls for himself. Wow. <laughs> and I know where your inspiration is from now, Grant. Absolutely. And then <laughs> you, know, you, see, you see guys like I saw Ben Lieber, um, Chad Greenway, Antoine Winfield. It was just cool. There's a lot of memories was made when I was a kid going to training camp in Mankato, um, you know, for free. Cause I, I wouldn't pay to park and it was free admission for, for fans. Uh, a lot of hot summer days. You would ever ride your bike uh, on the other side of town and had to go up a hill. Come so on. I, I didn't want to ride my bike. Come on. Um, but it's just cool. You, you, those janky old green bleachers, um, scorching your ass. It was, it was hot a lot of the times. Um, it was just, it was just fun. It was cool to see also how the Vikings helped Mankato redo their practice facility uh, for the field, and then also Blakesley, too. So I still am a little upset. And then also just the business it brought to Mankato. It was cool. Yeah, well, so – and I, I, I think it's cool because it, it, you – I definitely believe that there's – you develop a special connection, special bond, because you're, you're – it's like you're in college again. You're in those dorms. There's no AC. It's hot. You're sweating. You're bumping bodies together. It, it, it is a grind. 
what what would you say would be your fondest memory from uh, training camp in Mankato, Grant? Uh, definitely those Saturday night practices at Blakesley. 10,000 people were, were there in the stadium that night. The place was sold out on the, on the south end zone. It was just a big grass hill. There was a bunch of people, um, you know, standing up on the hill, sitting on the hill watching practice. And just the buzz that was around Mankato and then how it just, it was, it brought everyone together. You know, you could have been black, white, Latino, Asian, Democrat, Republican, whatever, but you came together and everyone was in purple. Everyone was in, in gold. Um, you had people blow, blowing the horns all the time. It was just, it was just cool to see the buzz that, you know, the team brought. Uh, to Mankato, but then also um, seeing some of the guys around town. We were at Ribfest one year, and uh, I look over to my left, and I just see seven mountains of men walking in. <laughs> it's Adrian Peterson, Pat Williams, Kevin Williams, Jared Allen, Chad Greenway, Sidney Rice. It's a lot of men. And they all walk right up to a rib vendor uh, from Houston, Texas. Uh, award award-winning barbecue guy came to Mankato. Adrian knew him, being from the Houston area. He walked up. He brought those guys in back, and they came out with probably about 15 racks of ribs, Jesus. Um, things of mashed potatoes and such like that. So it was just kind of cool to see those guys as humans too. Um, yeah. And then also just, you know, me and my dad and sisters, we'd, we'd have a lot of fun. We we're like, hey, you know what? It's a Tuesday afternoon at 2:30. Let's Let's go up, watch practice, and maybe get a Chipotle or have, have a pizza afterwards. So just a lot of just, you know, quick one-day memories from a 10-minute drive in Mankato to watch a bunch of NFL players practice. Well, and, and I, I going – oh, go ahead, Ethan. I was just saying, I hate going from, like, super, like, memorable, like, great moments for Grant when uh, Kevin O'Connell just uh, actually just shit on the kicker and now we're never going to make another kick in Minnesota Vikings history oh. today. He said – Greg Joseph is kicking the ball so well that every time he hears his foot hit the ball, the sound is so fluid, he knows he's going to make it. So, I mean, Uh-oh. we're going to lose at least six kicks this year. Week one against Green Bay. He's going to hit the fucking 325 post. on Fox. Rodgers is going to be 14 to 26. A tutty, two interceptions. The Vikings are going to have a lead. They're going to blow it. They're going to be down by two. Greg Joseph is going to miss it wide left because it's what we do in this state <laughs> yeah he must not know like our kickers are basically satan like this, they don't want to win this, games. this is awful i mean come on Kevin, you need to be better than this uh i think you would have done his research the research and development team needs to needs to i was talking to right now and, and, and grant going back to what you were talking about how every those those saturday night practices i will say the viking fan base is about as strong of a brotherhood, sisterhood, sibling, family that you will ever see in any NFL circle. Because it was awesome. Because Cowboys fans, they all seem to hate each other. There's most of them are too stupid to even realize. And I don't want to dump on my. I want. I don't want to dump on my my team's fan base here, but they're so unrealistic. And Vikings fans, they understand what they are. They are eternal optimists. There is hope every single year yes. because 
it it it's what makes makes the the almost makes me a Vikings fan is just because of how how strong that fan base is and the belief they have in in that this that team every year. And then also, if I could add another training camp moment, um, I'm 16, 17 years old, high school kid. It's a Wednesday. I'm gonna go watch practice. I've seen the schedule there in pads. Um, I've seen plenty of walkthrough practices or when they're in the sh- when they're just in shorts and jersey. That, that's not football. So I go in and um, I can't remember what year. I want to say it was like 2010. The, the way the Vikings did autographs, they got rid of everyone hanging out on the fence with the sharpie. Moss sign this. Culpepper sign this. Oh, Kevin so Williams fun. do this. They had dates. So this was the running back day. Well, everybody wants AP's autograph and everyone knows it. So. As you walk in to um, the Shields tent, they gave you a scratch off. 150 people were guaranteed to get AP's autograph because there was probably 5,000 people there that day. And if you got this ticket after practice, you got in line on at Blakesley Field and you just waited for Adrian. Like I said, I'm 16, 17. I had the afternoon off. I'm going to go and I'm going to watch football. They give me a scratch off. I scratch it and it's like, oh, this is looking promising. This is looking promising. And look at that. I win. So I'm thinking, oh, shoot. I don't have anything for AP to sign. I got to buy something. Did you sign us for it? No. So I went to in the the clubhouse area. They had a photo of him, um, probably a little like 10 by 10 photo of when he broke the single game rushing record against the Chargers. So I bought that and just held on to it all day and had a Sharpie. So I'm standing in line and then I get Adrian's autograph. And I was like, this is the moment. I'm going to say, hey, thanks, Adrian, and shake his hand to see if these announcers are true when they say it'll bring you to your knees. So I went to shake Adrian's hand, and I felt like I broke three bones in my in my right hand. <laughs> Almost went down to a knee because I was in so much pain. That man had the, the grip strength of someone who sh- should not be that strong. It was unbelievable. And at that moment, I was like, Ron Jaworski, Joe Buck. Tariko, Aikman, they're not lying when they say Adrian um, has the world's strongest handshake and how he fumbles, I don't understand because he could have put a dent in that football like when Zion put a dent in that basketball at Duke. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys do anything over the weekend? I had a wedding. Ah. It's a good wedding. 195 degrees this is great outside. Oh, that's right, because it, it rained here this weekend, but not on Friday. Not on Friday. Yeah, not on no, Friday. It, was it was crisp and clear. It was a torch one. It was a toasty one on Friday. The reception was over at 1030, though. So I was oh. home by a Interesting. But the it was already out by Hutchinson. And all their hotels were at, like, Water, water Landing in Wyzetta or Marriott in St. Louis Park. So they took, like, two giant buses to bus people back. And I'm guessing it probably gets pretty fucking expensive to get a Greyhound bus after 11 o'clock. That is correct. Yeah. So, I, yeah, we had we had football well, started football on Thursday, so had that and then Saturday we had practice at seven and then that night we had our Titan Olympics, which we had it's just a bunch of games. It's it's Coob, Cornhole, Spike Ball, Chess. So a bunch of different games, just kind of a fun, fun bonding. Get get all the guys together. We we smoked 
28 racks of ribs, I believe. Or no, 20. 20 racks of ribs. We had 28, yeah, but we only smoked 20. And what's that? Where'd you hide the bodies? Uh, Daisy style, you bury them under your house, or no? It, it it's too new, so we okay. don't. If you know, we can't really incriminate ourselves. We can't really. Yeah, you, you burned them. Pretty obvious. So, yeah. Have you have you guys ever played the game Coob? Coob. Coob. K U U B. I, I can't say I have. No. So it was a game that the Vikings, like the Nordsman Vikings, not the Minnesota Vikings, when they would capture a, a civilization or a village, what they would do is they would take, they would skin everyone and they would put the king's head in the middle and then they would take, 10 and then five on each side they'd break into teams and then they would throw femurs at the guy's heads and if you knock them down you would you win the game by knocking which is a little bit of a shorter version of it it's a little bit more detailed than that but then how you win is by throwing a femur bone at a at the king's head and whoever knocks it down first wins the game it's 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 pretty fun. I've played huh. it a few times, so um if I could add one thing on uh, a couple of training camp uh stories here. Oh this wow, great this this is just turning into a, a, a training camp this, stories. Well it's taking me back Dylan and you know when I was a kid some of my you know fondest memories or best days in the summer were going up to MSU and, and watching practice. Um so back to a, the AP, if you're wondering, um, his signature, you can't understand that it says Adrian Peterson. And he does write all day on every single uh, every single picture he has. And I remember, this is when I was probably closer to eight, nine, 10 years old, um, trying to get you know autographs uh, on you know the, the pennants that you have at home. I, that day I got, I think it was a young Kevin Williams, a Mo Williams, and then, um, Dante Culpepper had my Sharpie in his hand. And at the time, Mike Tice was the head coach. Oh, and Tice God. goes, Tice goes, all right, let's wrap it up. We're going in. And with, with a pen in Culpepper's hands, he hands me the Sharpie back and doesn't sign my pen. Oh, oh, what a dude. I'm just like, come on, Dante. Well, well if anything, if anything, Grant, I, I'm, I'm going to clip this and maybe this will stumble or find his way to Dante Culpepper and you can finally get his autograph. And then another cool story, um, since I am wearing the Iowa, Iowa shirt and the Iowa hat, a couple of years Check ago, Greenway. we're going towards Chad Greenway. Um, I, uh, after the Saturday night practice, you know, they're, they're leaving the stadium and my sister, she has a newspaper with Chad on the front. This was the summer of 2011 after he just got his second contract. So, you know, at the time, Chad was one of the best linebackers in the league. And my youngest sister, who was now graduated from the University of Iowa, yells, go Hawks. Chad puts his head up. He turns around and he signs the newspaper on there for, you know, uh, you know, 14 year old girl at the time, just just because she said go Hawks. So that was that was cool. And then um, the reason another reason. So switching to different NFL team, but the Chiefs, they go to St. Joseph's. Um, Missouri um, at one of the universities up there. And I think it's cool that they're one of the teams who still 
does what I'm talking about right now. They get out of Kansas City. Um, they live in that dorm life, like you said, Dylan, and it's that camaraderie aspect. And, you know, people drive 30 minutes north of KC to watch the Chiefs practice. So I do think that is cool. And I wish more teams would do it because, like I said, all these stories and this nostalgia, of, you know, when I was younger is coming out right now. Yeah, for sure. And then Sunday, I, I went out fishing out on Lake Sakakawea. We we limited out. Shark. Uh, there there are no sharks in Sakakawea. But... lame. I know. Not even a bull shark. You can go in freshwater. No, no bull sharks either. But wow, lame. Yeah, it was fun though. We 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 limited out in about forty minutes. It it was one of them. It was one of them days that you put. How many fish? Uh, so it's I was just two two of us, and so ten. But we probably caught about sixteen to twenty. Nine, you caught one. (laughs) Uh, other way around. I actually caught seven of the keepers. He caught three. He might have caught more in quantity, but they were all pretty small. Did you le- illegally bait? No. No. We, we okay, we're, we the cover all this on this podcast. <laughs> I just had to verify. <laughs> yeah. No, we uh, – it was good. It was one of them – it was a good day. It's really hot. Sakakawea, they're biting like crazy. It was It was one of them days. You put your line in the water, and we, we had bites within minutes. And it, it just repeated and continued. It, it it was as good a fishing and nothing no nothing overly huge. They were all all the ones we kept were about sixteen to twenty inches, so they were good eaters, which is good. So we've got our coach's barbecue. I might have to fry some fish up for that this on Saturday. You should have tried to noodle some of them. Just grab them by your hand. What what, what are we, are we catching big catfish now in Oklahoma? <laughs> so. That's uh that that that's about all all we all I can think of as far as what to cover. We'll get we'll get more into some some college football and NFL previews here as the season approaches. That's still a couple of weeks out, but we'll kick her over to Ethan who has curveball of the week. Well, I usually do like a dirty or like not dirty, but just like a little inappropriate. I would like to can I comment real quick? Yeah. Ethan's has the best curveballs. I do without without question. I was they're, tired. They're, of this they're, they're, well, line. they're not curveballs. They're actually splinkers. Yeah, big splinkers. He's got man. the best ones though. You know, I'm going. I'm I'm not going that far this time, but uh, most overrated candy. Oh, that's a good one. Because we can offend some people right now. Oh, I, I hope I do. Ooh. That's, I, I that's almost tough for me to say because I don't I don't eat if, – if it, there's something I don't like, I just don't eat it. But you still have to try it. You got to try it. So you've probably tried one where people are all around. They're talking about, oh, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Realistically, you're like, this is kind of trash, bro. I'll say Starburst. They're, they were decent growing up. They were decent. And yeah, I agree. Starburst, yeah. Everything else they've made is just absolute ass. It's like eating chalk, chalk fucking shit tasting candy. It's not good. It's terrible. It's Starburst. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Starburst is trash. It's Personal. awful. I think I think Milky Way is they're, yeah. they're overrated. That nougat middle or yeah, whatever it's it is. Trash. I'm not. It's it's very foamy. Yeah, it's just not good. I, I don't like that at all. If you like that, stop eating. Just get some help. Just get some help. <laughs> also, candy candy corn, not a fan of that. Oh, hell no. no. I, Worst I Halloween candy. What's that? Worst Halloween candy ever. I don't get how people eat it. 
or like it. Well, and the worst part is it's, it's it's like the center dish of some people's Thanksgiving table. What that? Yeah. And then even like the little peeps you get at Easter. If I wanted, if I wanted sugar that bad, I'd put a goddamn spoon in the bag and eat the damn sugar. Plenty. Yeah, I can't do peeps. <laughs> I mean, my father, my father would eat a whole bag of peeps. Oh, like, what like the hell, Daryl? But he also loves marshmallows. He's a strange guy. And marshmallows that, are good though. But like yeah. he'll eat a whole bag of like jet puff marshmallows. Well, that's so it's pretty like, weird. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, this became the bashing Daryl hour. My mom's gonna hey, love this. Hey, <laughs> I love DC as much as any of you. You know, it's funny. People love my dad more than they love me, and I can't blame him. You know, he's it's the same, same with my dad too. So, yeah, I'll put yeah. yeah. But on that note, that man can eat a whole thing of um, of peeps like it's going out of style. I might go get a bag of marshmallows and see what I can eat tonight. I just, I just don't like it. But yeah, milk for me, the big one is Milky Way. My life goal has always okay. been to be the Michelin man. That'll do it. And well, for me, I think it's licorice Twizzlers. We're licorice also is the worst ice cream ever. It just there's it licorice just, flavored ice cream. Oh god, that's awful. Oh my, and well, I guess this is going to turn into the shit on your dad podcast but <laughs> which is which is fine because most people like my dad way more than they like me too but yeah my dad that, that's his favorite ice cream is licorice ice cream i i don't understand it, it's awful it, it like twizzlers is not good i think it's just just doesn't do anything for me anything if there's not chocolate in it that as far as candy i'm not going to eat it I mean, it truly is. You brought up licorice. It truly is concerning how many people actually like black licorice. That is like, the worst flavor of all oh, time. I like, can't believe people mm-hmm. enjoy that. Like, well, you can't tell you, you better than anything. That's just terrible. Like, what are you thinking? Well, you, you we haven't reached that age of like forty and over yet, where people like weird, weird. That 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 goes to well, a dad food. That's a dad food. My brain ever in my life just. Just do it, you know. At that point, well, just do and it. also, guys, the people who enjoy black licorice also think bologna is good. They yeah. enjoy eating bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that shows you all about the food taste we need to know from the previous or generation. They, or, or they eat prunes and plums. Like, who the fuck buys a plum? Okay, and now we're now that we're on the topic of dad stuff. Dad, you guys remember the old uh, the old uh, starter kits back when we were in college? Like, we do a starter coats. Yes. So I think this is how we'll end end, end the podcast today is we're going to go dad starter kits and I'll go first since it was my idea. It is they walk way behind everybody. They enjoy black licorice and it's four things. They never remember who anybody is or anything that happens. And then their, their jokes which we're kind of guilty of too, because we do enjoy dad jokes. They 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 just have the most driest dry driest humor jokes. Oh yeah, you sit back and you're kind of just like. Or uh-huh. actually, no, let me let me I amend this. Is they they all look at their phones like this. Well, they put their they that, got the it, hip holder well, on their pocket. No, this is and, and they too. take their glasses out and they put them on like this. Yep, and then and and then they don't use their thumb. They use their pointer finger and go. <laughs> well, my my, my start my dad's starter pack doesn't start. It only can start with New Balances. If you don't have New Balances, you're not a dad. <laughs> yes, you're not a dad. <laughs> Second, you stand in your lawn with your arms crossed for at least five minutes before you start mowing. <laughs> stand there, pants in your pockets, arms crossed, or something. And the third one, before you grill, you always gotta uh, 
Click the tongs. Click the tw tongs twice to make sure you're ready. Everyone knows you're ready for this grill. <laughs> um, you know, I got a specific one out here. This is this is for UDC, but um, just a black Angus cattle right there. As, as we know, my dad, he's been cutting meat for 45 years. When we were moving my sister a couple of weeks ago, seeing all that all that cattle there he in, might have got in Northeast Oklahoma, I, he's probably driving thinking, uh, this is just beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He might even say, you know, the next time ribeyes go on sale, which they are this week, $6.99 and show up on my video. Hey, there, there <laughs> we go. Like, we're giving like, out free ads, too. <laughs> I, might be, I might be cutting that guy. And then um, also just taking naps out of nowhere, like you're having a conversation with your dad, and then out of nowhere he's just he's asleep in the corner. Like, you already <laughs> do that. I know, but but that's that's uh, we're all pulling. watching college football. Grants out five minutes and five minutes into the play. We're just dead. You know, they're just they're, they're taking naps right there. And then also, guys, whenever you're tying something down with your ratchet strap, when you get done hitting it twice, yep, this ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, I'm glad we were able to end with that. We'll we'll talk to you on the other side. Thank you guys for listening. All right, we're back. Thanks again to Jeff Kolpak for joining us. Always has good insight on the Bison. As preseason games start, we will have more and more football content coming. Check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3G. TB podcast where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content you can also check out our three guys talking ball youtube page where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version that puts a wrap on this week's episode of the three guys talking ball podcast thank you for listening and we'll see you next week